It's another episode of Six Pack Cinema. This week we're talking about the 80s masterpiece, a John Hughes classic, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. All about Thanksgiving. A week late, but we did it. Jimmy, kick it. Dude, you should review movies. Oh my god, yes. Okay, I've okay. had a couple, so. Movie review. How are you guys doing? You guys have a good Thanksgiving? Fantastic. Good enough, yeah. Thanksgiving's fun. Yeah. All right. Painted well, a lot. We already talked about that. Yes, yes, you did. But let's mm-hmm. just hop into our snap impressions then. Sheehan, what do you got for us this week? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is one of my all-time rewatchable movies. I watch it every Thanksgiving. I watch it with glee. It reminds me of me and my dad when I was like seven years old. He, he let me watch it for the first time. Probably too young, but I'll never forget it. Uh, this is a 10 out of 10 popcorns that we had that. I love it. You guys? All right. Jimmy, what about you? This was my first time uh, actually seeing the movie. I've seen bits and pieces. I've definitely seen scenes, and I knew like the whole premise and everything, but I never sat down and watched the whole thing before, and I'm really glad I did. And uh, my, my main takeaway is that John Hughes has rewritten history for the way our generation will see the 80s. Like the 80s is just a John Hughes movie in my mind. <laughs> all right ballad that's valid. a lot of power that that dude has yeah yeah and no one's contesting that either that's that's, yeah, no, that's crazy I, I just laughed and agreed so <laughs> <laughs> he's got me too um no i i've seen the movie a few times i hadn't watched it in years though i, I loved it although i will say because this is the first time i ever watched it with more of a critical eye than normally instead of just enjoying it a lot of the humor wouldn't fly nowadays and this might sound problematic, but I mi- like I miss this type of humor and comedy in movies. When they had the gay panic scene, like I chuckled at it, and I was like, "That's not right that I's laughing at a gay panic scene." Fucking 2017's ruined this movie for me now. I thought you were. I, I agree with you. I thought you were saying that a different way. And like Steve Martin got away with this. Like, if any other up and coming comedian tried to do like some of these Steve Martin jokes it would just be like cringeworthy. It'd be like, oh man, that's pretty, pretty corny and lame. But I mean, I love Steve Martin. He's like way up on my oh, list. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I, I love, All's one covered. of my questions is, or one of my notes that I wanted to bring up later, but fuck it, let's just bring it up now is, who do you guys think would be like the Steve Martin of like the latest up and coming generation of comedians? Ooh, my gut says Will Ferrell. No, he's, but he's oh, not up but... and coming anymore. He's like in his 50s. Oh, I said 60s. like my generation though. My generation, though. Sorry. Yeah, but don't you... Th- I don't know, because Steve Martin, I I don't think of... Like, I would think there was a time and place when Ben Stiller was Steve Martin, when he was doing, like, Along Came oh. Polly, Duplex, yes. Meet the Fockers. Yes. It was always that everything's going wrong for this man, and he's freaking out. Like, your father of the bride and Steve Martin, that character mm-hmm. is the same as all those Ben Stiller characters, which I don't like. Well, I like Father of the Bride. I don't like those Ben Stiller movies at all. I hate when Ben Stiller plays the straight man. But I, th- I think, I, th- I think in order to get a good full grasp on it, you have to see what he's done or see it after the fact. Because Steve Martin at the time was great. Steve Martin, Steve Martin now he is a god of comedy because he's he's transcended everything. Every, everyone follows what he does. His book on comedy is like must read material for anyone who wants to get into comedy. So that's why, that's why I said Will Ferrell because I think he changed the comedy game too. But they're up and coming. I, 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 I was, think, I, I was up thinking and coming, more I think it's, 
I think I think for up and coming is kind of tough because you have to see their kind of impact they have. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. All right. I, I agree with you about Farrell changing like the comedy scene. I just I, when I was saying that before, I was thinking more in his wacky, corny type of humor way that works so well for Steve Martin. But I agree with Jimmy. Nine out of ten, ten people attempting it couldn't pull it off. No, it w- and I, I think my roundabout way of, of saying talking about Will Ferrell was just really me saying, I don't know of anyone. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm changing changing your question to better suit my needs. <laughs> Fair. Fair. All right. Well, now that we've already gotten sidetracked five minutes into this, let me get us back on on track. Let's hop into our deep dive. Let's start off with our favorites. Jimmy, what were your favorites from this? It was your first time watching it all the way through, so the answer better be the entire movie. Uh, no. Um, this is kind of tough. My, my The whole time I was like – my I, this is a weird answer – but I was thinking how much fun this must have been to write. Like John Hughes wrote this in three days and it was basically let's list every single thing that can happen terrible while traveling with every venue of traveling and like string it together in one plot. And I was just thinking that it had to be like hilarious in the writer's room to be like, and then this is going to happen. It's funny watching it, but I, probably was a riot when he was coming up with those in his brain. And it, that's a weird way to process a movie, but that's what I was thinking the entire time. So just the concept, I guess this is a, what you would call a concept movie. So the concept of it alone is pretty good. And then I really liked, uh, they brought it home with a touching ending, which is like the last two minutes. They really mm-hmm. made it touching. Oh, yeah. John Hughes usually, uh, it usually is like, you know, the last 25% or there's some touching moments like, there were there are hints and shit for sure to know that his wife was dead. Like I figured that out way earlier. It's not supposed to be a surprise or anything, but you piece it together. Yeah, I, so. I like the touching ending, and it was, it was really last second. It was like, oh, is this gonna happen? So yeah. to sidetrack us some more, question: How soon after the end of the movie do you think Dell killed himself? I think it's got to be like thirty <laughs> minutes. No, no, week maybe though. <laughs> you think he lasted a whole week? No way. Now this dude is—he he is a seasoned veteran of being homeless. I mean, look at him. He's, I know, he's but great then he being homeless. But that yes, he he was doing great homeless, and then he's brought into this house and sees this man who has a home, has a loving family, and they're all just staring at this fat intruder who walked in. That man's gonna cry himself to sleep and then slit his throat the next day. Yeah, no, he's not. I no, Del Del's a strong individual. He, he's he likes him. Remember that. Yeah, his, his wife, wife liked him. Yeah, until she died. That probably killed mm-hmm. her. Liking him. That he was the biggest pain in the buck that ever came down the pike. <laughs> All right. No, I, I I I thought you were going somewhere different with that and I was about to jump all over it because I thought you agree with me. Just watching it now with a critical eye, what the fuck is how long is he gonna stay with him for? Because it's like he'd be like, All right, Dell, go be homeless somewhere else. <laughs> Bye. No, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I know they they adopted this man, or he kills himself. Those are mm-hmm. the only two options. No, no what happens he, is that's it. what happens is like his wife has to really take on Dell as a project, and she's got to like him more than what was Steve Martin's character's name? Steve, Fuck, I don't um, know. Whatever, she's got to like Neil, him. Neil, well, Neil Page. She's got to like him Neil more Pace. than Neil, and like set him up like. 
she's like Neil's going to go back to working at his miserable job and his wife is going to be taking uh, Nell all around to like the apartments in town and shit. And like, mm-hmm. it's her hobby to set him up. And that's the only way this continues happily. No, no, no. They, they make a sequel and call it the homeless housekeeper. <laughs> oh yeah. Basically, basically he becomes uncle buck to knit to, yeah. to his kids. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Now I'm all in on it. Like love that roundabout way. This is okay. just an elaborate prequel to Uncle Buck. Yeah, there you go. I love it. I love it a lot. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to favorites because I mean I'm disappointed, Jimmy. There's one scene that's that's a top notch above everything else, and that's the the scene I tweeted out the the car rental scene. Yes. That one. Every time I see it, I rewind and rewatch it maybe three times. Steve Martin's it's the so second good. best person it's in that so, scene. It's so like pure like I I my hate is is it's not full of heart it's made of, it my my Jesus Christ my heart is is my heart is not filled with hate it's made of hate and this one was like just like have you ever had a problem at the, at a car rental uh, counter there's nothing more infuriating and that just embodied everything You're like fuck you fuck them you left me in the middle of fucking nowhere keys keys to a fucking car that wasn't fucking there love it. All I could think when I was watching that scene was the amount of tweets I read from you dealing with the DMV up in Connecticut. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was, I was dying. And then, and then the lady, the lady at the end, looking at you in the eye and says, "You're fucked." Yeah, that, that's exactly what I got every time I went there. It was perfect casting to put her alongside that. Like, what's her name? Edie, Edie McClurg is that actress's name? She's she it, I, didn't know she had a name. Might be she Eddie. I thought, I thought like she was bitch. like, I thought she was like counter lady number one. Might be Eddie. No, she was. She was in a lot of shit. She's back in a few then. things. Yeah. Oh, I didn't didn't recognize her. She was in Ferris Bueller. Really? Yeah. Yes. She's the. I'm very, um, I'm very not the observant. So principal is like assistant. Uh, yeah. Secretary. That like chases him okay. around. <laughs> I feel like okay. she was a big kind. Of, she was. Probably a character actress at the time, but she was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, noted. Sure. She did a fantastic job here. All right. Uh, well, that was going to be what my was your favorite, favorite scene I brought. I was going to bring up that scene, too, just because I love it so much. But so, I'll pull an audible and go with the, um, the scene when they're actually bonding, when they're getting drunk in the hotel room. I really like that one. It's It's a heartwarming scene. It's less funny, but... I cracked up, but it also I, had a, another problematic joke when he was making fun of the Jamaicans and their accent. Was this before <laughs> or after runnings. Cool Runnings? It was yes. before. Before? Oh, was it? I thought yep. this was after. Yeah, I those, thought it was oh, a yeah, It's like 10 years before. before. Oh, fuck. Yeah, way so before. That's what I know. Probably eight, seven years before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, but. I, I love that scene because it made, it showed Dell like, with his guard down. Up until that point, he was just Dell the the happy-go-lucky guy with his guard up. He was like, "Oh, I'm having a great life," but then like it became apparent that the dude's homeless, he's poor, he's broke, and it was the real him. And it was awesome. He was a great guy. I I yeah. like that scene because just like the silly turn of phrase um, to make like things more interesting or funny when he's like, "Have you been to Italy yet?" Have you been to Mexico? It, it, talking about like what drinks have you tried? It's such like it's it's little, but it's just like that's what funny people do. They just turn the most basic question into some sort of like funny riddle. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And I'm sure that was just them sitting there improving, fucking around. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Any other favorite scenes you guys want to discuss? My my first Moments? like it wasn't a huge laugh, but it was like an ongoing giggle when um Nell for the first time is like, I even let you pay for it so you wouldn't feel bad. That <laughs> <laughs> was like I giggled and then it was like a growing giggle. Like that's a really <laughs> pretty good. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I came some, to the real. Some, oh. I want to say well, some of my favorite things. You know mm-hmm. me with old movies. Yeah, I love the details. Okay. Oh boy, the details. The everything like the little Dorito bag. Yeah. Remember those growing up, like the the white and orange Dorito bags. Oh yeah, I miss those. Love it. Um, the 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 way they dressed. Like I still remember, like my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad's a mechanic, so he didn't get dressed up that often. But he did one day a year, probably sometime, and he had the big wide ties with the paisley shit all over it, and they all had like the really like rough fabrics, nothing smooth. Yeah. yeah, it's just it, love, it's love a the very stuff. nostalgic movie for me. But also, mm-hmm. I this helped me. This movie made me realize just how much I love movies set in the snow because it happened with the snowman and Murder on the Orient Express. This was a very cozy movie. I'd like to cuddle up with a girl, throw this on, have a little Afghan, make some like hot tea or some hot chocolate, and enjoy a nice relaxing night. I'm I'm with you. I think. It may be because we're in December. Like, I don't know. I throw it, yeah. but movies in the snow will, uh, are like near and dear to my heart. And I didn't realize this until like, we're just saying it now. And because we would set it with snowman and murder. And I just like put, put me in the snow. <laughs> like it just, and, it brings a smile yeah. to my face watching me. Yeah, I'm a big fan. So yeah, I, I agree with that. That's a good, they had to like work really hard I, to find snow. I was reading about the making of this. Oh really? They went to like a million well, different places and the snow would melt whenever they got there. That sucks. That's tough. That's uh, I'm, I'm not going to discount it at all, but I mean, sure, you guys like the snow, whatever. But whenever I saw the snow in this movie, I didn't feel cozy at all. It just felt like I, what, it's actually what I loved about it. They made it feel because they, ha- they didn't have the white fluffy snow. They had the, the dirty, shitty, salt ridden, sand ridden mm-hmm. sludge crap that you see. That's real snow. Not yeah. the fairy tale shit that you saw in the snowman. That's real snow when it's like gravel in it and you fall down and you're getting scraped up it's not so fun anymore chunks of ice everywhere love but it. i think it's real i think i love that i hate snow by the way i think i love that because it reminds me when i was a little kid and would play in the snow and it's fun for the first five minutes and by the end of it you're miserable but there's something you comfort- florida well i also lived in chicago for 10 years no oh, okay sorry um uh, but there's something like comforting about those memories of it wasn't fun in the moment but I look back on it fondly. True. I, I like snow. Like I Play said, hockey. I like winter. Yeah, no, winter's my favorite season. It's just... It can I, I just hate when people try to make it so fluffy and pure. It's it's It gets real dirty real quick. Oh, yeah, it gets oh, yeah. nasty. But you were saying about... Like, the first the, the first fall is great. I, I'll admit that. Yeah. When the first falls and it is pretty, ooh, no, nothing better. It lasts <laughs> six hours, Max. To touch on the Doritos, the old Doritos, and just the olden times and the way they dress and shit, Steve Martin's outfit, I was like, man, look what he's wearing as like a with the hat, the hat and the, the coat. Shit's like he looks like he's from the 1960s. Then I realized, well, 1987 is closer to 1967 than it is to 2017. Oh, fuck me. Wow. Isn't that weird? We're further away from this than in the 1960s. That's why, like, the cop cars, the cars, like, in my brain, I wasn't alive for the 60s. They're like, this kind of looks like the 60s to me. Wow, you're right. Good yeah. point. Oh, fuck. That just blew my mind. 
also like carrying around cash. He's like, I had seven hundred dollars in my yes. wallet. Yo, if someone, if what, I, is he a drug if dealer? I went to the ATM and put seven hundred dollars in my wallet, the only place I would ever fucking go is inside the bank to make sure I didn't have to walk around with seven hundred dollars <laughs> in my wallet. That is anxiety. That's scary as hell. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I I made a note being like, who the fuck carries that much cash? And then. It kind of hit me. I was like, oh, I guess it was a different time. Not everyone accepted credit cards. You kind of needed to have cash on you. And another point made is later on when they got the rub, they're like, well, I got I got one credit card, and then I got a diner's club and a gas card. No one had credit cards, apparently. Yeah. That wasn't just standard. Like every, every, like today, everyone has like three credit cards, debit card, you know? They have cards. Apparently, that wasn't a thing. He had to, He had to have his like his safety deposit box and then his wallet. That's the only two places he had his money. What? I'm going to do something in the background here, but I'm going to see how much $900 is worth in today's money in 1987 because that thief just made, like, bank. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a shit ton of money. All right. Uh, while he's- I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a guesstimate. It's going to be, I'm going to say it's $2,300. 2300 I'm going to go 2700 900 in 1987 uh would one thousand nine hundred twenty seven dollars fuck not far off yeah so you that dude ro- that dude robbed him those guys were walking around with two grand well <laughs> combined they had two grand in cash on their person what fucking nut jobs i mean that was the times but, oh, Jesus. yeah it's the times you just gotta be a big baller that's incredible <laughs> all right uh, any other favorite things before we move on to what we didn't like about the movie? No, I'll, I'll start with the didn't likes because I have one that I is pressing. Okay, lead it away. The and this is uh, a product of the times, but not really because no other John Hughes movie I can think does this. But that stupid montage when they go through the trucks and they turn to skulls and then he's in the devil <laughs> outfit might get cheap la- like Sheehan, you may have watched this as a little kid and you laughed from that so you still laugh because like you have memories of it that was that- like come on guys john hughes don't put this in your movie don't do that that was terrible uh, i i can't be unbiased about it so i'll let you have it i thought it was like i chuckled again when i watched it i was like oh yeah this scene's in it it's totally different from the entire movie no, no, I, I'll, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Sorry, you broke up a little bit there. I was trying to piece together in the brain what you were saying. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. It, it was, it was, it was weird. Yeah, it was didn't yeah, go. Didn't go. Yeah, it was like look. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate it per se, but it wasn't. I mean, I mean, it's good. my one complaint from a very good movie. It's like it just yeah. completely didn't go. It was like uh, you just wanted to test out some special effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think the reason I actually don't hate that scene or didn't not like it was probably because first time I saw this, I was way too young and it's very much something I could see popping up in a kid's movie more. Yeah. It was just wacky is the best word. I think I can, the best way to describe it. And I like wacky shit as a kid who doesn't. So because that's when I saw it, my brain still goes there when I see it. And I take back what I just said earlier. John Hughes has done this before and home alone when they like, they turned to mm. fire or whatever he turns Marv, Marv him. turns into a skeleton. So maybe that's like a staple of his. So if if it's in more than two movies, I'll allow it. If it's just those two, 
take it out of trains, right. plane, planes, trains, or whatever. It was like his little. It, it was his guilty pleasure. He always yeah. stuck into every movie, yeah. apparently. <laughs> so I was also reading just a little side thing. The first draft of this was Nell John Candy was a vampire who needed to be invited to Steve Martin's house to like do vampire shit because vampires can only go where they are invited. And it didn't get written out and become a wholesome family movie until they were on set and he saw the, or they were like doing pre-production and he saw the chemistry between Martin and uh, Candy. Isn't that bizarre? Ridiculous. That's amazing. And I want to see that cut of this movie. Well, they, they no, never I'm shot it. Thank that God. sounds like that. That well, sounds like something I, w- I wouldn't watch. I mean, I'd, I'd probably hate it, but how great would it be to like that last scene where you're seeing Dell's face and just like his fangs start growing down or something? That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Big reveal. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I that, that, I, I I'll be honest. I don't. I don't, I don't like how you just told me that. That, that feels weird. Just feel, <laughs> makes me feel very weird about the whole thing now. Yeah, that's, I did too. I was like, "Wait, what?" That the more, the more you know. Yeah, that's incredible. I I got a dislike that is okay. much more bring it back to the movie and not like ruining things for me, Jimmy. <laughs> um, when he got out of the shower and he was like, "Oh my god, look at this mess, dude!" The mess was there when you walked in the shower. Yes, right. That, that's bullshit. Like, how do you not see that? Did he come I'm in blanking. when he was in the shower and wreck it? What'd you say? I'm blank and remind what happened. When he he was he was wa- the shower thing and like the the water went off and he's the, 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 the yeah. whole thing. He opens up the shower curtain and it's a disaster. Like the, the all the towels are used, there's shit all the floor. Oh it's yeah, like yeah. Only, he only has the one towel left. Yeah, he he. You know that when you walk into the bathroom because it's not like John Candy's in there with him getting naked. It's, I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> Judging by how they acted beforehand, probably not. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, but no, like that's that that was like a, a movie thing where they kind of like, all right, we'll just pretend the audience is stupid and we'll just do this big reveal. Yeah, uh, just going off of that too. It was a couple scenes later when they woke up in the morning and he went to go wash his face and use the underwear. That was another time. Yep, I was, another one. I was just like, you don't see there's a giant fucking pair of underwear. Like I've never been that tired or that hungover or anything in my life where I would accidentally and- rub someone's underwear on my face. And who dries their socks in the sink? Who's washing their socks? Well, a guy yeah, who's, a guy who doesn't have a home and lives at a hotel for the last eight years valid. or whatever. Does explain why it's by, by the way, how the hell do you a homeless man live in hotels for eight years? That's expensive. And be that fat still. Right. It's a lot of money towards weight. Lots of problems. We're poking a lot of holes in this movie, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think my critical score is going to take done, a we're, hit. We're bringing it down. <laughs> Okay, so I, yes, he's homeless, but do you think he doesn't actually sell shower curtains? Then I felt like he still had money. No, I think he sells shower curtains. Oh, he's, he's a traveling salesman. Okay, right, well, yeah, that's the, how this, he affords the, to be in hotels. Scene. Yeah, but you were just like, how does he afford to be in hotels when you're traveling? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's true. All right, very true. For a second, I was like, wait, did he fake that whole thing? And I never picked that up till now. I do love I, that salesman job. I mean, you go to the Midwest, you can sell anything because they're all idiots. <laughs> hey, fuck you. Here's the Daryl. Here's the Daryl Strawberry autographed ring. It's not not really autographed. It's a replica. Awesome. This fuck ones are you. filled with helium. I got a helium. That's why they're so light. I got a free shot from faking an autograph once. It's nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where I had a World Baseball Classic 
Derek Jeter jersey I got from Goodwill. I stole it from Goodwill, actually. I just put it on and walked out because they wanted $25 from it. And I was like, yo, you're Goodwill. You're a scumbag. You stole you stole from Goodwill? Yeah, it's very Who scummy. steals from it's, Goodwill? It's, it's very scummy. I was 19 years old in college, so. Uh, Thug life. That, prior to 20, yeah. you're fine. Uh, and then I, I faked a Derek Jeter signature on the back and wore it to the bar. And this guy was like, holy shit. And I was like, yeah, that's him. And then he bought me a, a, a couple shots. I was like, that's so cool. I was like, Dumb man. <laughs> so, so he just he just got some shots. Did you give him the jersey? No way. I still have it. I think. Oh my god! What a fucking idiot! <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought you traded a jersey for two he shots. Just, like, well, he, you're an idiot. Now, no, he's just a he loser. He just thought I was cool because I got a Derek Jeter <laughs> signet like autograph. What a loser! Big time, Big time what, loser! What an idiot! Jesus Very hard Christ. to be a bigger loser than the kid. Wearing a fake Derek Jeter <laughs> autographed jersey at the bar, but that kid did it because he was impressed by it. Yeah, I just kind of glanced at the fact that you were just completely like ridiculous. I think it was Hall. I think it, who, it was Halloween. I just wore that. I was Jeter. Okay. I I'm I'm so at a loss for words right now. <laughs> like that's that's a great story. It's incredible. I'm found. I'm glad you found the bigger loser than you. Yeah. You are the Del Griffiths of of World Baseball Classic jerseys. Legit. <laughs> I wonder where that is. Better wear it next week's episode. All right. <laughs> All right. Any other dislikes, you guys? Uh, no? not really. He yelled. At the, he yelled at the dog. Well, the dog was being a dick. Well, the dog was a sweetheart. That was his home, and he sat in his home. Uh, that dog could get kicked. You're you're a cat person. No, I, I like dogs. You've seen the dog run around in here before. I see the cat behind you too. Yeah, I have a cat Imposter. and a dog. You fuck. <laughs> I'm not fond of either. Really, I, if that uh, makes it any better. Shut up, Gary. <laughs> hey, it's L. Gary. <laughs> it's L. Gary. Um, this is a giant Gary staring at me. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, then let's go into. I uh, our... want to move on. Move on to ratings. Well, no, we still got a couple of things. First, slow your roll. Oh. Writer, sorry guys. The writers room. Would you guys change anything about this if you were making it today? Not a thing, Jimmy. It's a masterpiece well, let's, for a reason. Uh, what are some new inconveniences that that weren't part of 1987 traveling, but could be part of it now? Like you get in an, an you get in an an Uber who what do Ubers do that really suck or rape them? <laughs> No, we no, can't get that dark. It has to be like, resi- like inconvenience, not like horrifyingly masochist. Fair, fair. Um, um they don't have your phone's dead, and they don't have a power cord. That's one. Yeah, dead the phone. The surcharge is like twenty times because it's mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's see. Wow. We uh, this might be why I mean, we're not comedy writers. All the well, I mean, they do most of them, but all the like extra. All the extra costs at like traveling now, like okay, buy your mm-hmm. ticket, fifty dollars for a bag, fifty dollars for exit row, like all that upselling they do, that like forced oh. upselling. Oh, I know. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I know. You know how at the at when he he gets onto the plane and he thought he had first class. Yeah. Oh, that would try me. How nuts. before that? Before that, he he he's in um, he's he's part of a uh, boarding group A. But they take the veterans on first, then the handicaps, and then the people traveling with children, 
and then the gold star members, and then the gold star plus, and the silver members. So he ends up being like one of the last people on the plane. Has it ever happened to you? It happened yeah, to me no, all the time. that happened to me like yesterday group, when I was. I'm in boarding back. group A. Yeah, I'm, I'm in boarding group A. I'm the 52nd person on on the plane. Yeah, that 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 would have been great if it was, and they would have had him on like a Spirit Airlines or something where it's just first come first serve. And he was like, "Oh, I'm A one. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to get on and get my seat." And then he's like, "The 50th person has to sit in the back, like in the middle." Oh yeah, and he's flying out of Seattle, and he gets bumped by 17 people wearing Russell Wilson jerseys. <laughs> Or that. Which is the stupidest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else you guys would change? Hmm. I would just kind of make sure it ends on a note with Dell being a vampire. Oh, I know. When he's the, the final ride, he's in the back of a dairy farm truck. Yeah. The, fr- the freezer truck. Mm-hmm. Hit a bump and have some, some milk fall on him. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I think that just would have been like salt in the wound at that point. I know. I'm just saying, make it make it a little bit, little, little one less jab before he gets home because he was home free. We knew it. Yeah, that's true. It's like no, 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 not home yet. All right. Well, if we don't have anything else, let's go into our free for all because I just also want to bring up that I would have ditched Dell's ass so quick. The amount of patience mm. Steve Martin's character had, I like after the second thing, I would have been like. Nope, I'm out. I I hate people, and I'm not dealing with this situation. Yes, there you go. You're right. If we were re- if actually if we were re- changing like to the 2017 movie, this movie wouldn't Headphones. happen because who wants to fucking talk to somebody? Yeah, no, that zero percent chance. Well, you just throw your headphones you, you on. That and that get yeah, exactly. I would much rather sleep in a ditch than go go to some random hotel with some random person I just met. Oh, you know, that's how you get killed and your kidney stolen. Headphones and smartphones cancel out this entire premise. Yep. Yeah. You're right. I, I actually thought that, too, when uh, when they were waiting on their flight and it, to see if it was delayed or canceled when they were grounded and nobody had headphones in, they were all reading magazines or talking to each other. I was sitting there thinking, I can't remember the last time I saw that many strangers talking to each other for anything. Hasn't happened in 30 years. Fuck. There goes people's social skills. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll I'll talk if I want to talk. Any other things before we hop into ratings? No, let's get into it. All right. Those listening at home, we know we rate things on a three-pronged scale. We do our popcorn, which is our entertainment, how how much we enjoyed it, would we rewatch it, and then our critical scale, which is looking at through the lens of a reviewer, and then our pairing, what are we going to drink if we do rewatch this? Sheehan, what do you got for popcorn? We do popcorns first. Yeah, let's yeah, just I'm, do I'm popcorn switching up. first. I'm going rogue. We should all just five. Okay. Five, yeah. Five. Five. Hundred percent five. Center five. And are very Easy. entertaining. For, yes. Unanimous five. That's the first. <laughs> For once we're all on the same It's the whole reason why we did this movie, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, all right um, critical, I guess. She and you can critical. Good talk, okay. Uh critically, uh I wanna give it eighty three. Eighty three, because it got holes. It's not not perfect by any means, but He's got a lot of good redeeming qualities. The fact that they made Dell at the end so like lovable, and it was a good, nice, homey feeling at the end. It was 
wrapped it up perfectly. It had had a good balance of of uh, slapstick comedy and feely moments. Yeah. All right. It, what movie? What movies do you know of where you can have a homeless man being welcomed to a, a home with open arms on Thanksgiving, and just forty five minutes earlier, a guy being picked up off the road by his nutsack? I forgot that happened. Doesn't happen often. Yeah, and no. So for people that are listening for the first time, <clears throat> our critical ratings are like: Is this an award winning movie? It's not because that may seem low if you're listening like 83 much, but that's probably the highest critical rating for a movie that isn't trying to win best picture we've given. Right. Jay? Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, I, I'm sure. being, I, I'm, I know I'm being generous with it, but I, Hey, I can't I, go much I, I'm going that. 80, but I just want to, if, if people were listening okay. for the first time, they'd probably be like, what the fuck? That's pretty low. And it's like, well, th- we're, we're not judging yeah, it we're on what it's movie. trying to be. We're just judging it on if it's actually like, sound it is what it is critically great movie it's a fun awesome Mm -hmm. uh hilarious adventure so i'm going 80 you and 83 we're in the same ballpark uh yeah i i mean i wrote mine down earlier and i i went 81 so i'm glad to see we're on on about the same page i think this is the first time for any of our movies besides maybe mother because we all fucking hated that that (laughs) we were on the same page i'm proud of us it only took three months guys but we did it fam we're evolving. All right. Now, on to our pairings. If I'm going to watch this again, I think I'm going to get one of those mini bottles of tequila from, like, a mini bar. Crack open a few of those mm-hmm. and, and watch this movie. What about you guys? Uh, Jimmy, you go first. I just – I wanted something – ah, shit. I wanted something Christmassy, but now I'm realizing this is just a Thanksgiving movie, but the snow on the ground. So I wanted something like peppermint, even though I don't even like peppermint. But I don't like peppermint schnapps, so I was going to just, I don't know. Vodka and some candy canes dumped it, dumped in. What's, what's, a, what's a peppermint drink besides? Uh, oh, um, uh, was that shot where they put peppermint? Uh, peppermint rup, yeah, the Rumpelmint ones where it's the peppermint liquor with chocolate syrup. Sure. That sounds disgusting, but sure. All right. Well. There's only one way to watch this movie, and that's you got to rent out a cheap motel. You got to put a quarter in the vibrating bed machine, and you got to crack open a six pack of Schlitz and wait till they explode. <laughs> All, All right. right. Sounds good. All right. And yeah. that wraps up our review of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the Thanksgiving classic. Maybe next year we'll watch it again and redo it again. <laughs> I'm watching it again. I know that. <laughs> All right. Let's go into our weekly recommendations. This week, I am recommending Wonder Woman. I finally mm-hmm. watched it over Thanksgiving break. I About will. Time. It was good. I'll admit it's the best DC movie. Better than. Not saying a lot. Better than Justice League, even for few people that just came out now. I don't know when you're listening to this, but that's in theaters. I think Wonder Woman's better. But I will say, I think it's overhyped. It's it's the best one. It's a great movie, but I think everyone was just so surprised and so excited that there was finally a DC movie that didn't suck that they oversold it. I w- Fine, but you're a sexist pig. Apparently, but YOLO. <laughs> Sheehan, okay. what do you got? Um, I'm going uh, audio this week. You may or not may or may not know this. I, I paint a lot now, and you can't really watch anything when you paint. So I um. This is about on Thanksgiving. 
the wife was cooking, uh, making uh, she was doing pies and making like mashed potatoes or whatever. I don't know. It was wonderful, whatever it was. And she was listening to Christmas music, and I'm upstairs painting, listening to murder podcasts. That's that's a different lives. My we favorite lead. murder. And my favorite murder. I got into that. Deep. What is it? I love them. My fir- my favorite murder. It's, it's the name of chicks. podcast. I've listened yep. to bits and pieces uh, I, of every episode. For the last three weeks, my girlfriend has only in the as soon as she wakes up till she leaves the house, as soon as she gets home to fall asleep, my favorite murder is on in the background. I love love those two girls. They're psychotic, but I, they're just like me. I love I love talking about murderers and serial killers and Martha Moxley. I love the, the John Benet Ramsey. I just love talking about all of it. It's so interesting. My favorite not murders? because I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna subscribe not, right not now. Not because I'm in. Do it. I'm not I'm not into it because I like I love people dying or anything. But it's so fascinating what these people can do. And and more than that though, it gets you prepared because you the more you listen to it, the more you realize wow, there are really some sick fucks living in this world. And maybe I should have a baseball bat underneath my bed. Maybe I should lock all the doors. Maybe I shouldn't just think that this is a, a nice, quaint Connecticut town in the middle of nowhere. This that because this is where psycho shit happens. Yep. <clears throat> oh yeah. You live in a small it's town. It's an education, in the middle, really. You live in a small town in the middle of nowhere. There's at least five serial killers in that town. Probably live next door to one. Uh, you might live with one if Cere- that's your okay. wife listening to that. Ta- tangent serial oh, yeah. killer mo- move. You know they call it, they call it pre-crime. My next door neighbor put up his Christmas lights in his backyard. Is that can can That's you crazy. see the backyard from anywhere? I'm the only one who can see his backyard. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> He's giving you a private Christmas showing. He's got a fucking Christmas tree on his deck right now. Fully lit. He's got all the garland and the and the lights wrapped around the railing. I'm the only one that can see it. Are you sure him. you can't see it's it from crazy. Road? Positive. I live in a cul-de-sac, and he's in like the weird kitty corner where only his backyard is visible by me and another neighbor. Yeah, that's bizarre. That's, <laughs> it's that's crazy, a, right? I feel like I should report really him. Really weird. Uh, I oh. mean, I mean, it could okay. be like it's really weird in the sense that like this dude just genuinely loves Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no lights in the front of his house. What? Wait, wait, wait! He didn't decorate wait, the front of his house. That can't be true. He okay. No. No, I, I'll you take a picture be, of it. Report this you next gotta week. Take a picture. He's testing yeah. out the lights and just left them there. They will be moved next week. If not, that's some that's some Jimmy, serious no. shit. Jimmy, the, these are intricately placed properly. Or he gave up. He was like he did the back first, and he's gonna do the front. Maybe I could understand if he really loves Christmas. But if he just leaves the back, you need to kill him before he kills you and your wife. I think it's my only choice. Yeah, no, no jury in the country would find you guilty. I mean, when, when we hang up, I hope he's still on. Uh, I'm gonna take a video, like walking from my front yard to my back, and I'll show you. Um, if not, I'll do it tomorrow. Okay, night. Not I'm excited. Hi, my only, the only saving grace is maybe he decorated his deck first, and he's working in the front like tomorrow or the next weekend. Maybe I like, but I it's like crazy. Christmas enough to where if you told me like I live somewhere so remote, but no one ever saw my house ever. I'd still light it for me, you know, um, just to come home, just to come home to her see sometimes. But to do the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) And just the backyard, too. That's, uh, that's, that's, I don't like it. Special. That's incredible. You. All right. Well, dude, what's your Uh, recommendation? 
So like I said, I'm still going on strong on Deadwood, but uh, I won't say that again. I watched, uh, but watch Deadwood. I watched Jim and Andy, the documentary on Netflix. Uh, have you guys seen Man on the Moon when Jim Carrey plays Andy no. uh, Kaufman? Uh, yeah. Well, watch that movie or just research Andy Kaufman in general, but you don't need to watch those or no, you can get it all from this documentary. It is fascinating. Like I hate method actors, but what Jim Carrey did to make that movie is scary. My girlfriend is scared for it. Really? He, he, he didn't, he wasn't Jim. So they shot a documentary of the making of that movie and they put the tapes away for 20 years because NBC or uh, Universal, whatever studio he was contracted with, was like, we don't want people to see this because we don't want the general public to think you're an asshole because you're our biggest moneymaker right now. So it's been 20 years. The tapes have been in a vault. They just got them out. They watched them all, this crew, put it together, and then interviewed Jim Carrey now about it. And he's talking like, so 20 years ago, he was playing Andy Kaufman. And he's, instead of referencing, like, me as Andy, he's like, yeah, so Andy was doing that scene. And then, like, Andy Kaufman had different characters, one named Tony Clifton, and he just wouldn't break. And he would just transform into them for the full day. Bizarre shit. Andy Kaufman's daughter, who never met her dad in real life, came and met with Jim Carrey, but he was Andy Kaufman because he was, like, method acting, and he's, like, blacked out through the whole, doesn't even really remember it. And he's just rep- like, it's like Andy reincarnated so much that his daughter came. It's fucking weird, guys. It's so interesting. This is on Netflix? Yeah, it's Netflix documentary. They did it. It's like an hour or something long. It's not that long. Or wow. maybe it's two hours long. I don't know. But it is it is worth it. It's it's interesting as is, fuck. Is, it, is, it, is there a discernible, like, Rick, like, from Jim Carrey before Man of the Moon and Jim Carrey after. Is that where he went crazy? Because he, he did go crazy. He talks about lines. it, man. And like, it's half crazy and I half like it. I, I get it. And he just, he, yeah, he talks about, and like when he's Tony Clifton, Tony Clifton was a character Andy Kaufman did that just shit talked everyone. He wasn't funny. He, he wasn't nice. He, he was just a, an asshole. And like, people didn't understand the bit then and now either, but Jim Carrey, became Tony Clifton and he was on set just being fucking an asshole to everyone. Like Danny DeVito's there, Paul Giamatti's there. They're all like in the background, like, yo, this is wild. Uh, and, and, um, damn Tony Clifton just shit talks Jim Carrey, but it's Jim Carrey, but he's Tony Clifton. And he's like, fucking, he smiles all the time, but he's, he's fucking miserable. He's depressed. He just smiles for the cameras. And it was like, and the documentary crew is like, is there any truth to what Tony Clifton was saying about you? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think it was like he had his major run where he would did like Truman Show, uh, Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura. And then he did uh, this one and he kind of lost himself. Damn. He's, he's, he's a bizarre dude. He's like, it's like half of it's crazy. And then some, like a couple of it, I'm like, I get it, but you're crazy. Wow. Oh, fuck. Go. All right. Yeah. That sounds awesome. It came out like last week. It's new. All right. I'll, I'll give it a watch uh, probably this weekend when I have free time. Bizarre. All right. Nice. Well, that wraps up this episode of Six Pack Cinema. 
Tune in next week. Guess what, guys? We actually were all able to go see three billboards, so we're going to bring you a three billboards review. All right, take it to the outro. Oh, yeah. Love y'all.